0: Oh, let's give it up for our Lord. Amen. Let's give it up. I'd like to take a moment and pray. So if you just sit, let's just go before the Lord for a little long extended prayer here. Heavenly Father, oh, to you be the glory this morning. Be it, be it tech issues, be it personal issues, God. Lord we know that there are people in this room that I know personally that are going through difficult times physically. And God also learned of, of recent death. And Lord, we hurt. We are living in a time where we sometimes don't know the answers to things and how to cope with things. God, but no we know we can look to you, Lord, with, with our situation, with the circumstances that we are in, we could go to you, God, and we could we could seek you out because you are a sovereign loving God. You can hold us tight in those times of trouble, in those times of doubt, when our when our bodies fail us, when our relationships seem to hit the rocks, God, when when our minds don't work as we want them to work, Lord, you can hold us tight and you can encourage us. And I pray that over this body here, here and at home, wherever these people are hearing these words, I pray, Lord God, that you you would, you would pierce their soul right now, that they would feel your grace, that they would be reminded of your presence, and they would be reminded of your sovereignty, that they can go to you and worship you, worship you not only in song, but in heart, and opening our minds to you, God. And I ask for comfort, I ask for guidance to God. And Lord, as we open your word, you can change our hearts and you can can touch us where we need to be touched and remind us what we need to hear. And I pray that that would happen this morning. And so when we leave this place, when we go out these doors, we would be changed people. We would be different than we came in. And so God, I pray over this body here that you would do a miraculous thing, that you would open our eyes to your word, open our hearts to your spirit and let you reign within our bodies so that we can could show this world how great you are God use us for your glory speak now we invite you God in Jesus' name in the church says, amen thank you thank you Michelle thank you worship team Danny love you sister yeah give her a hard time because she you know she's supposed to be all spiritual but she makes her mic go out on purpose you know, we got trials. We got trials sometimes in our lives, don't we? Last week we talked about that. How many people faced a trial this week? Not in court, but in life, right? I think we all have gone through some issues. You know, you go, thanks, Tom, for preaching on that. I did live it. As do I. And that's a hard one. And, and today, guess what we're going to talk about? Temptation. Woohoo! You're going to be so excited about this, you know, because I think we all face temptation. And we will face temptation. And temptation isn't bad. You just go, really? No, no, no. It's what we do with it that matters. Because a lot of times, what do we like to do? We like to blame, because, you know, when we fall into temptation, what do we, we blame? We blame like Satan. The, the devil made me do it. You know, we've heard that before. Or she made me do it. Or he made me do it, right? Or the government, they made me do it. But a lot of times, don't you ever blame God? Why God? And, and a lot of times we, we dig ourselves into a pit because we, we like to blame. And, and, and instead of getting victory over it, and we want to get victory, we don't even want to go to the blame. We, wanna, we want victory. And you can see the title today is living in victory. We can live it out Because a lot of times What do we think We think temptation is the problem And the problem is out there And that problem's there Oh God Why did you put that temptation In front of me Why is that an issue Why why is it there And we turn on the internet There's my temptation And we turn on the news There's my temptation You go to work You go to school You go to the grocery store There's the temptation Down the snack aisle (laughs) Stinking people putting it there in the store and you get mad but i want to want to tell you something temptation comes from the inside did you know that it comes from the inside See, you're the one to blame when temptation comes and when you fall into it let, let me give you a, a good example here okay I, I love this example it's probably my favorite one i've ever done because it involves one of God's greatest gifts to humanity, seize candy. Yes, yeah, praise the Lord for C's candy. I, I have taught my family well. I am uh, now the third generation of Caesars. And we have known that, and now my kids are the fourth generation. They know that this is one of the greatest elements of the periodic table, right? This is a wonderful thing. It's called chocolate. It's called C's candy. And yes, these are truffles, by the way. Yes, I know I heard that. And seas are so wonderful. Seas are a gift to humanity and it makes everyone right and happy. Amen. And if you don't know it, we need to talk because you are missing out on one of the joys. <laughs> and so I I I look at seas candy and I love seas candy and I was I was brought up to enjoy the wonders of seas candy. And what do you do? You you look at the seas candy and there's no wrong or sin in seas candy sin and C's candy does not exist Seas C- candy are fine i mean look at this box it's beautiful right it's gold and this is there's nothing wrong with C's candy but the, the the question is what do i do with my wonderful gift of truffles see i can go you know hey i'm on a diet i know that seas candy you know aren't something i should be going about if i'm on a diet right But as we all know, that if you're an American and you're a true, wonderful person, you will say, this isn't bad. And you know, maybe God wants me to enjoy it a little bit. So what do you do? You walk by the store in the mall and you smell the goodness permeating from the store. Ah, I just love that store. I go in there and I see the wonders. It's like God's Disneyland to humanity. And you go in there and I get my See's box candy and you know what the wonderful thing is? I can smell... I can smell the chocolate outside the box. But, you know, my willpower says, no, no, no. I don't need that. But you know what? I deserve a little bit of treat, right? I deserve it. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of of wonder in my life. Because, you know what? I have the willpower to, you know, say no. So what do I do? I open the box. And then I look at the chocolates. But I can smell them much better. Can Can you get a whiff of that? You can smell the chocolates, and you can look at the wonder of it. And I can, I can go, hey, you know what? A chocolate isn't bad. No, 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 no. It smells good, but I'm okay with it. But then something happens. I know, because, you know, I, I, I work out, so I think I can handle this. You know, just a little morsel, so, because this one, this one looks the best, right? Though there are some in here that are flawed, but I'll still eat them because they, they, they deserve it. And so I'll just take a little bit of the chocolate And go, yeah there's good Goodness, melts in your mouth And you go, you know what There are twelve <laughs> There's twelve And one isn't going to hurt me, amen Amen, that's right church, amen And so I'll try a half of one And yeah, it's good <laughs> And you're going, are you going to share? No, I'm not because, because I'm looking, this is good. Do you know this is 16 bucks now? <laughs> 16 bucks, it used to be seven. But I took it for the team and I bought them. <laughs> because they're good. And I love truffles. I shouldn't have had that, because now I have to eat all 12. But the reality is, oh, that's good. we we'll know, just to savor it, because I rarely get them. Now, what happened with my, my chocolate eating experience? You see, there's, there's a steps that go on, and, and we got to remind ourselves because the, the truffles weren't bad or they were delicious, but they aren't sinful in themselves. You see, what I did is I had this desire. I had a desire for truffles. Now, that wasn't bad. There's okay to have it because there's nothing wrong with my truffle. But you know, I already made a commitment not to have those truffles because I am watching my waistline. But then what happened is I My desire went a little deeper And I wanted the wonderful truffle And so I said you know It's not going to hurt me And then what happened to me there My my desire said yeah it's not going to hurt you So I, I bought into deceit I bought into the deceit Saying maybe, maybe they won't hurt Yeah I can have it I can smell it I can dabble a little Take a little bit But you know what And then what happens I break my diet And I go into what defiance i can do it i can do it see the temptation of the truffles it's it's real it's there but you know how i dealt with it was poor understand this church my desires change my testing into temptation oh yeah i can desire it but you know my 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 tested i was tested with it but then it festered and became a temptation and we know that we uh, have to understand that it's what happened on the inside that came out on the outside. See, I wasn't eating it. They weren't opening the box saying, take me, take me, though I thought they did say that. <laughs> it was just me. See, we have to remind ourselves, as it says in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, uh, Consider it all joy, my brethren. When you encounter various trials So it's gonna happen We know it's gonna happen The wonders of the world are out there for us And the question is How do we approach these How do we deal with such a thing Because we can say I deserve the truffle I do I work out I want the truffle I want those good things And I tell you You know what God you shouldn't have made chocolate It's his fault right and the reality is this, church, and you need to understand this. It is not God who tempts. It's not God who tempts you. God puts a trial. He puts things there for us. But he's perfect. It's not in his, in his wheelhouse to be tempted. He, he, or, and to tempt. Let, let me remind you here. We're going to look at verse f- uh, 13 today. And it says let no one say when he is tempted I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil And he himself does not tempt anyone So I can't blame God I can't blame God for the temptation in front of me So I have this temptation. I have a, a desire. I have this want right there But the reality is this church we have to decide what we're going to do how do we how do we forego falling into temptation i got three things i'd pray you'd outline and on your write them down on your outline and grab hold of because i think these are key and they'll help you now the first one might come across as negative but it's a great reminder is this remind yourself of god's judgment you go, what isn't isn't judgment a good reminder to stay away from evil it is I mean, we, we kind of look at that, that's a negative thing, but it is a great reminder for us to say no to certain things. It's a motivator. Now, understand this little caveat here. You go, so if I sin, God's gonna strike me dead, right? We think that. He's up there with a giant lightning bolt just to get after me, just like Zeus, but gonna get me. But I want to remind you of this. I want to remind you, judgment is self-induced. It is self-induced. Let me, let me give you an example. I eat the truffles. Better yet, I eat all 12 of my truffles. And I don't brush my teeth. I'm going to the dentist tomorrow. I wonder what they'll say. I don't, I, I don't live up to my marriage vows. I, I fail, and, and, and what happens? Well, I have a difficult marriage. A lack, of, a, lack, a lack of trust now is in my marriage. Or maybe I don't even have a marriage. And so we see that, you know what, it is self-induced. See, so often we forget, you know, you're on this diet, and what do you do? Well, a little bit, another helping, another helping. Well, that gluttony is self-induced. And so we have to guard ourselves from that. And that's where we often distance ourselves from God. It's because we, we do it to ourselves. Look with me at verse 14 now. And it says, but each one is tempted. Here, look at that word, when. When he is carried away and enticed by his own lust now we look at this and we kind of go okay enticed by our own lust we look at lust as maybe we think of it as a sexual thing and it is You're enticed by that. But a lust, a lust is something much more, is much more than just sex. It's a, it's a lust for food. It's a desire for the stuff and you just want it and you gotta have it. Or maybe it's a, it's, it's for a relationship. Or maybe it's for a promotion in the job and you lust for more money. It's a thing that you elevate and it starts developing in you. Because understand that desire, church, desire isn't bad there is nothing wrong with a desire. I have a desire to eat and drink. Because why? I need to stay alive. I need to be hydrated. I have a desire to work well so I can provide for my family, right? I have a desire for intimacy with my wife, and it's a natural thing for us as a husband and wife to do but the reality is, and understand this, in the right context and in God's will, our desires are good. But you flip that, they're bad. You See, the desire isn't bad, it's what you do. Now, I, okay, maybe it is okay for me to have chocolate. Maybe I don't have a desire or I don't have you know a diet to worry about and I can have one There's nothing wrong with it. I've counted my calories. I deserve that 500 calories per each chocolate. I think that's what they are I've counted them And the thing is is we we can look at it. Is it in the right context? See it's not bad But we let it entice us look what it says again. Let's look at look at james 14 one again or for but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust see the thing is is we see this word it's deliadzo is the word enticed you know what deliazzo means bait it's bait do i have any fishermen out here anybody uh, fisher women yes okay good all right And the thing is, is when you go fishing, what do you do? You put a lure on there. It's little shiny things to say, here I am, fishy. Come get me, fishy. And it's like, ooh, fishy goes over there and doesn't realize there's something wrong. There's a hook on the other side of that thing. And the thing is, is so often is we are enticed. We don't look for that temptation we're looking at the bait we're looking at the wonders and the goodness that is provided for us and it sounds good but i tell you you eat a box of these you're gonna get a tummy ache i've tried it you're gonna get a tummy ache and it's, it's not always good but we've got to understand something it, we have to understand what god says here it says bait makes it so we don't see the consequences of our temptation it, we, we entice ourselves we say oh yeah bait let's open up the box and there's no bait here we'll just smell it there's nothing wrong with that that's the bait to say come in and try my goodness and the reality for us is we don't look beyond the bait we aren't thinking clearly so how do we do that we got god's judgment it will fall because why you know what he says you you know you stay with me you're going to be good then what's going to happen so how do we avoid this? How do we deal with judgment? Well, the first one is this. You can write this one. We combat temptation with Scripture. Now, many of us, we might go, Scripture, duh, okay, that's the church answer. But it helps. It helps. We need to know what we're in for. We need to know how God views things. You know, what does he say about, about sex outside of marriage? He do not like it. There is consequences to that. What does it say, you know? Here we have the transgender movement. Change your body different than God provided it with you. For why? Oh, well, that's not bad. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible in the Bible. Well, you are acting like God. You are promoting yourself to be God status. You are dictating what you think you should be. That's God's job. And so there shall be no other gods. You've promoted yourself to be God. God gave you a sexuality and he says here this is who you are this is the proper way to use your sexuality and what do you do you go you're wrong God I know best I am God you have now become somebody that's going against God's will do you understand God's desire his understanding of his scripture for you and we need to know what it says see when you know the Bible you are better you can better detect the bait See, so often, so many of us Christians, we, we go online, we look at the internet, we do all the things, and we, we fall into the trap because we aren't being wise. Look what it says in verse 15, and it says, then, then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Whoa, that's a harsh verse, it sounds like, right? Well, it's a progression there's an evolution here because i talked to you about it for you you look at this thing you have a desire it's a natural desire to want something something as glorious as a seized truffle there's a natural desire for any human and you want this and you go for it and then you what you you start changing that idea because you go i i want it but now i need it it has now become a lust That's what the scripture is saying. So this desire has crept in, and now it's become this lust, and then you lie to yourself going, no, it's not going to hurt me, and that's deceit. It goes into deceit. That is where you kind of took the bait. You're going, I'm just going to follow suit with the culture. I'm going to follow suit. And then that gives way to you saying, well, here I am, and now I'm going to defy what God's word says. And defiance, that's the sin that's accomplished. That's what you've done. That's what you've done. And you've done it all out of your own choice. All out of your own choice. And you're not realizing, you know, you have. Because because you have to make a choice of who you are. It's your will. You remember a a few weeks back, I had you share with one another this. It says, you have an amazing brain, and God wants you to use it. You see, he puts scripture here for you. Here it is and he wants you to use this so you know this because then you know consequences and you know you know the good consequences and the bad consequences and that is what we're called to do this helps us in remembering god's judgment so we know what is the right thing to do rather than oh changing your desire to be something god doesn't want it to be So we've got to know this. Use your brain a little bit. And then when you do it, look what it says right here. It says, combat temptation by exercising your will. You see, God gives you the scripture, and now you get to exercise your will to follow it. This isn't one of those things where you just go, zap me, Lord, it's done. This is called spiritual maturity. He wants you to grow. He wants you to get stronger in it, and he wants you to exercise your will. Because we know that if you say no to something, I say, I no to the truffles i'll eat them after church you know natural man a natural person that is not saved can say that they have willpower right but for the believer we have something so much more when you say no and you go lord help me he wants to help you you see you have been saved you're in god's family and so he has given you his holy spirit and I want to share with you out of, out of Ephesians 4, chapter 30. Look what it says here. It says, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, we look at this verse and we go grieve. How do you grieve him? Well, you go against God's will. You d- disobey the Lord, and you bring him to a point of grieving. Bring sadness to him that you would defy God, defiance of sin." And, and it's the ov- opposite of that is what happens when you do something that is according to God's will. You say, no, you know what? I've committed to God. I'm not going to have chocolates this time because I, I'm going I'm to just make this, this. This is his temple. I want, I want this. I want him to project from me. And that gives not only you the strength, but the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you a joy and, and helps you to make that next step. I think last night I was sleeping. Well, actually, I wasn't sleeping. And I was, like, really on edge. And my mind was going 100 miles an hour. And I'm like, Lord, you don't want me to think these thoughts. You don't want me to be here. So I started praying against these, saying, God, will you please change my thoughts? Because, you know what, the Holy Spirit can. He he renews our mind. We renew our mind with the Scripture, and the Holy Spirit desires to renew our mind. And so so I prayed, and I, I was quoting Scripture, because, you know, it's kind of like counting sheep for me. I'm quoting Scripture, going, okay, God, here we go. And the next thing I know, I'm thinking about something else, and I, oh, where, where did those thoughts go? It's God coming in. He doesn't want me to be fixated on such things. He wants me to have victory in those things. Look what it says here. We'll look at James again, and we'll go to James 1.15. It says, Then, when, you, when lust has conceived... It gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. I mean, okay, we got some sinners in the room. Anybody in here? Are you dead? Okay, that's a good place to start. Now, understand for the believer, you know, we won't receive spiritual death. For the person that is not saved, their sin will lead there. But I tell you for a christian there are still consequences though. You may not have spiritual death You might acquire and you might have a physical death Let's just think about it like this You're driving in your car after you went to the bar Had too much to drink there could be a problem there. There's a consequence to your sin And it could affect others too And we know that sin does that it affects not only us but others but we know as believers that, hey, we don't have to worry about spiritual death. What does it remind ourselves of? Romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Christian is saved, yes. But, you know, set that sin still has its effects on us. And we have to guard ourselves from that. We have to watch ourselves. Look with me, if you would. I'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse verse 30. It says, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. See, a lot of Christians were going to church and going against God's will and approaching the table, the table of remembrance of Christ's death wrongly, and they were getting drunk, and they got physically sick, and some even died. And I tell you, when you go against God's word, here it is, church, understand, remember we're talking about the judgment here still, that when you go against God's word, there's going to be some judgment that can come upon you. Remember, what does it say in Proverbs 14.30? It says, what, bitterness rots the bones. See, if you're holding a grudge, you're not repentant of something, if you are forgiving of somebody, oh, it's gonna affect you physically. Oh, yeah. Remember the commandment? Honor your father and mother. How many of us do that? You go, what? Honor my father and brother? Yeah, it, it, as Paul says, it's the first commandment with promise because you'll inherit the land. You'll live long. But the thing is, if you don't, your life won't be that much to worth worthwhile to live for because you're holding a grudge. And I tell you, all our parents have issues. I'm a parent. I got my issues. My parents had issues and have issues. But the thing is, is I got to give God glory. I'm here. Without them, I wouldn't be here. Without your parents, you wouldn't be here. So if you don't have anything but that, honor them for that and forgive them. But I tell you, you know what? The consequences of not honoring God's word, and that's the problem. You see, you might read the word of God and you know the Ten Commandments, but you're not following them because you're not exercising your will. And what are you doing? You're bringing judgment upon yourself. So no know and remind yourself of god's judgment but not only that you can have victory over temptation by something very simple as this as oh wait did i i forgot something and i want to go back i want to look at verse 16 okay in verse 16 it says very plainly i love it it says do not deceive yourselves my beloved brother because a lot of you might go you don't know what you're talking about pastor Oh, I I don't forgive those people. You don't know yet. Just wait. Maybe you'll become one of those really old, old people that just have scowls on their face and they don't realize it because they've been living a life of sorrow. Maybe you are going to be a train wreck in your marriage because you're not honoring God with the life that you're living right now. Don't deceive yourself. God's not mocked. I want to skip down. I want to look at Hebrews now. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, and it says in verse 12, And it says, for though by the time you ought to be, by this time you ought to be teachers, and you need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, and he is an infant. Now look at verse 14. For solid food is for the mature who because of practice there it is there's your will you know God's will you God's word you got to practice it and you have the senses trained to discern good and evil. I share this because you think you can have ignorance and be blissful if not knowing God's word it's going to be okay. no the, the the mature one knows good and evil. the immature one doesn't and they fall into it. They're still good and evil for the immature. And when you lack to remind yourself of God's graces, understand that you are naturally bringing judgment upon yourself. See, we naturally bring judgment on ourselves by not maturing. See, you're not listening. You, don't deceive yourself. You go, oh, no, no, no. You know what? I can do it. You know, ignorance is no excuse with God. It's no excuse ignorance is not bliss it's dangerous because you don't even see that you're falling for the bait oh we are warned here remind yourself you remind yourself of god's judgment. what could happen there it's not hey you can just take it and just see what happens there's danger there the next one understand this is remind yourself of god's goodness Oh, this is a good one. we got to remind ourselves. God is good to us. Amen? He blesses us with so much. He's blessed us with our son. And, and, and he's, he's given us opportunity for, for to follow him. But Satan wants to detract us and, and wants us to blame God. Look what it says in verse 14 now of, of James 1. It says, or 17, excuse me. For every good thing given... And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. See, everything good comes from God. Everything. And you just kind of go, well, wait, wait, what, what about evil, Tom? See, that's what everybody goes, well, why did he create evil? He didn't create evil. He created good. He gave good. Angels, demons, and humans, a wonderful good thing called free will. And we have the opportunity to remain with God in good. And when we decide not to follow good, to be in good, we choose ourselves. Thus, evil now exists. Evil is an action. It is not a person, place, or thing. It is not not something that we grab hold of like a rock. A rock is not evil. It's what you do with the rock. The person's action that makes it evil. God created chocolate. It is not evil. It is God's gift to you. And the thing is, is what you do with it. That makes it evil. And so we've got to understand something. Every good thing. And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. It's for you, but what are you going to do with it? See, God gave us sexuality, and our culture brings it away from what it is good, and the consequences are evident. God gives us food. He gives us sustenance. He gives us relationships. He gives us jobs. But every what we do with it causes us the sin. Church, we have to understand that God only gives good things. Grab hold of that. God only gives good things. And we can take that to the bank. We should grab hold of it and say, thank you, God. Those evils, they're not for me. And then we could skip down two and look at the next one and we could see God never changes So his goodness of who he is and how he's provided you. There's no shifting There's no changing. He's not there to 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 pull a fast one on you. That's man. God gives us his word And you know who tries to change the word man We try and manipulate it to fit our agenda instead of just hey, this is what the word of God is Because what happens when we start manipulating God's word to fix our agenda? We aren't living in goodness. We've walked away and made ourselves, we've elevated ourselves to God. And there's consequences to that. And finally, remind yourself of God's gift to you. Remind yourself of God's gift to you. God has granted you so much. He's given you eternal life. See, the wages of sin is death. Okay, so you dabble in some sin and you get those consequences, but the wonderful gift that he's given you is eternal life. But not only that, church, we forget that he's given us something today, something that we can grab hold on now, and this is the wonderful thing of his gift. When we live righteously, when we are following him, when we are obeying him, we have an abundance of life. We can look at John 10.10, for for he he has come to give you life so you can have it abundantly, but his life needs to be followed to have that abundance. We need to follow it. Look what it says again here. We'll go to James 1, 18. It says, In the exercise of His will, He brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruit. First fruits among all His creatures. You see, church, from His benevolence of Him giving us who you know something we don't deserve, he introduced us into the family of God. He brought us in as an infant. And now we're in the barns of Jesus. I, I look at it this way. There's a thing called the early harvest with farmers. And so at, at the beginning of the harvest season, and here we are, farmers will take in the first fruits. And they do this, why? Because there could be a, a flood, there could be a drought, there could be a scorching wind. They don't know. And so they say, I will bring these foods in, and this will sustain me and my family, and they will be with me, and so I'm okay. And they will be mine. And church, you are God's. You are in His barn he has harvested you to be in his family oh yes there's plenty that are still out there in the harvest there's plenty that can come in but you know what we don't know and so you are that first harvest you are out of his abundant grace out of his benevolence has brought you into his family and now you can enjoy his goodness as you live the world they don't and they're out there they are out there waiting for that giant scorching wind and and that flood but you get the hope of christ you have that but so often what do we do when we are brought into god's family we get into the barn and we go though this is great but we don't mature and so living in victory is very hard because you can't decipher what the bait is You're falling into the lusts of the flesh because you aren't seeing and knowing truth and acting out how you should act in God's will. You're acting on your own. If you want victory, God gives you the ability. He's given you His Spirit to equip you. He's brought you into His family. That is the joy that we remind ourselves of what our God has done. And if you act on it, you will live in victory. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, thank you so much for your word. How you have given it to us, not only to read, but to make it part of our lives. And you have then given us your Holy Spirit, who then gives us the joy, gives us the help, so we do step forward, so we do enjoy an abundant life. Please, God, help us to remember these things. Help us to act on these things. Lord, I pray for this church as they go, as they face their trials, as they face their temptations. Lord, give them victory. One after another, give them victory in that first temptation and God, as they move forward in the next temptation, oh God, watch out for these people. Watch out for me, God. Lord, we love you so much. I love this church and I pray, God, that you would guide them, that you would restore them if restoration is needed, but that you would encourage them and help them, Lord, by reminding them that they are your first fruits. Thank you, God. Thank you for choosing us. Please, God, let us live before and for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name.